When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Winning Plays podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there and welcome in to another edition of the Winning Plays podcast. My name is Brian Robb, joined by the one and only Ryan Bernardoni. Rich Levine will be joining us a little bit later in the show. But uh, it's been a while since we've talked around um, on the podcast, probably a couple weeks here at the minimum. And a lot has changed. Um, the Celtics have lost 14 of their last 21 games overall. They're currently in a three-way tie for the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference um, as of Thursday. And they also are below 530 games into the season for the first time since 2015 in the Brad Stevens era. Um, there's been a lot of talking on the, the radio airways by various members of the organization, all the way from Wick Grosbeck to Danny Ainge to, to Brad Stevens this week, uh, staying, saying a lot of things that have been, I think, pretty clear cut for a while or things we've, that I think we've talked about for a while here on the podcast, but it's been, um, now it's coming to, uh, I don't know, Ryan, do you, do you, do you view this as a, a worst case scenario for the team right now, or more just of a reasonable expectation for this team heading into what was, uh, after an underwhelming offseason, to say at least. Well, first, I just want to say that uh, in my mind, they have won seven of the last 21 games because I am a glass one-third full, not a glass two-thirds <laughs> empty person. Fair. Um, and I, this is the positivity hour that we're going we're gonna to have here. Uh, it's bad. Like, you lose games and it's bad. Uh, we talked, I think, in the preseason about how it was likely that the entire league was going to sort of gravitate towards 500 and that has mostly happened there's a ridiculous number of teams that are grouped around there and some of those different teams have gotten there in just different ways right the Celtics got off to a little bit of a good start and then have fallen way back to earth and so it feels terrible now other teams the Heat the Raptors started out terribly and have had a little bit of a hot play now uh, some of it's a lot of it across the league is related to health and sort of schedule and, and a lot of those things and I think that applies to the Celtics as well so um it's not like the sky is falling. I, I was more depressed two seasons ago as that whole thing melted down because I sort of was afraid of where that was headed. And right now, I think there are ways that you can see the team just sort of pulling out of this and riding the ship. It'd be nice if the all-star break was today instead of four more games to get there. Um, oh, but, you know, they're losing a lot of games. They're losing a lot of games against bad teams. They're losing the games that you would have expected them to fatten up on because the, the second half of the schedule is brutal. Now it's brutal for everybody. Everybody will be playing every day. So it's not like their rest situation will be worse than everybody else's and anything like that. But yeah, it's a mess. 
Um, and there's, I don't think there's a way to like pretend that it's not, uh, maybe, I guess maybe Rich is more positive about things than, than I am from what I've heard. And so maybe he's going to come try to talk us. He's going to come try to bring some positive. Later. Exactly. But for now, I know it's, a. I guess the biggest is what is the biggest concern to you right now in terms of, I mean, cause I mean, the depth thing is something for this team that is again, like not a huge surprise since we looked at where this team, I think, and I think it was even as the team started eight and three, you looked at where, you know, how are they winning games and just the, the, the pieces fitting and who is playing wing and things like that. And you're like, this, this could be bad. And now with one, obviously one serious injury to Marcus smart, um, Romeo Lankford, uh, not being ready to come back before the all-star break. So missing, you know, 35 plus games here. Um, I think, is it just simply the, the fact that no one in the supporting cast is like stepped up or is it just other, or do you look at other p- issues down the line right now and say that, no, that's is uh, there might have be bigger issues at play. Uh, I don't have as big of a concern about like the immediacy of the sort of depth and bench. I know that's what a lot of people focus on and you certainly can about why they've been losing games, you know, recently. Um, for me, there's the two biggest things are for the, for this season, the sort of immediate is like Kemba just looks bad. He, he mm. looks really bad. He's not making shots and he's not getting to the rim. And he's not getting to the free throw line. And he doesn't look like a player who is um, reliable going forward. So he's the player who's getting the most rest, right? They're building their entire sort of schedule around when they're resting him. And he's going to get a ton of rest in the second half of the season, but all those games, they have to play without him. And when he does play, he's not playing well. And he makes a lot of money and he has two more years on his deal after this. And he doesn't really fit into a world where Jalen and Jason are both playing on the ball more. I mean, his number one skill is not setting up other people. It's creating, you know, self-creation off the dribble. And he isn't a great defender, we know, and he's going to get worse uh, as he ages. And so Kemba is my number one issue in terms of like the roster right now and what they need and what the constraints are around how they can fix it. Bigger picture, I have a concern that I have lost a decent amount of faith in the front office's ability to like, get all of the decisions right uh because while i'm not super concerned about like that aaron neesmith makes mistakes and that things like that you know um i am concerned about the sort of bigger picture how we got from where we were a couple of years ago to here and there's a lot of decisions that are going to have to come over the next you know month here to get up to the trade deadline and then in the next off season about how they you know resolve some of these other problems and so it's just a concern to have gone from like having immense faith that the front office will make all of the right decisions and then making those decisions for years to having now two and a half, three year run of like, Oh boy, a lot of these decisions have been poor. And do you have faith that they're going to make the next set of decisions to correct these things? So those are my sort of one and two, and they're related because they're related in part around how Kemba got here and the decision to go with Kemba, you know, not pivot into a sort of different team. Um, But that's really like, we want to talk about the, the here and now my biggest concern is that Kemba Walker looks like a, you know, backup point guard not a not a max player starting point guard core of the the franchise right and that's a situation where it's hard to the the team is clearly going to just have to ride that out this year and hope that that changes at some point and we're what 15 20 games into Kemba here and it's I guess the it's 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 hard to tell for me right now just watching the team when you look at Kemba and clearly, you know, he's, it seems most nights he's, you know, he's entering a, a, a different stage of his career, if you will, um, you know, post 
knee woes here where he has to figure out how he fits in best around Tatum and Brown and the shots that were good looks for him early in his career might not be the case anymore. And the, and the team needing to adapt to that accordingly. Um, at the same time, it feels like the, the onus on him is higher than ever in a lot of parts of the game, since there isn't any really reliable creators on any other part of the roster right now. So not only is we are seeing the Kemba drop off or the Kemba readjustment, whatever he eventually can bounce back into this year. Um, I think it's being, you know, it, it looks worse with the fact that um, the, the parts around him aren't able to, to put him in better spots. I think that's a two-way street. He's not putting the parts around him in better spots. That's He's true not too. them in better yeah. spots either, right? Like they don't have anybody other than Smart who's obviously been out. And, and Smart's not like a world-class, you know, great sort of operator running a team either, but he's probably the best of what they have. Uh, but they don't have anybody who's making it easy on anybody else. So Jalen and Jason, I think, have made real progress in that and they made major strides. And I have problems with the way that they're catching some flack from semi-official sources right now uh, about how they're sort of sticky and being said that they're not ball movers when like the biggest improvements that both of them have made over the last, not just this season, but, you know, and into the end of last season, the, the bubble playoffs and then this season is as creators and playmakers. They're both very young. This is something that they have to learn, but they don't, they just, they are not great at that, right? They're not great at setting up their teammates. They're not great at setting each other up. And neither is Kemba. All three guys right now want to create shots basically for themselves off the dribble, or if they get stopped to kick it off to somebody else. And so there's just like a missing thing there of it's not, there is a sort of structural problem, I think, around the offense that they run of like this idea of just sort of dribble handoffs and side to side. And like, it's not aggressive enough and it doesn't lead to the best shots all the time, even under better circumstances. But then you're also adding in players who are perfectly happy to then settle for shots that aren't great uh, as long as you know it's they're the ones who are able to create them a number of times and like yeah you get these nice passes where Jalen or Jason hit somebody cross corner or something like that or Kemba hits a nice little you know something on the pick and roll but they're all relatively basic things and not in huge volume and just of the guys like Kemba Walker is the point guard and so if one of them and he's also 30 he's not 22 so if one of them you would hope would be able to fill that role it would be him but until the shot comes around he doesn't have like space to operate in, right? He can't, he's not helping anybody off ball. He's not particularly helping anybody on ball. Um, and he makes $30 million. Like it's just, it's a major issue. Uh, if now that might turn around, but again, how many games is he going to play in the rest of the season with the schedule, the way it is like, he's going to, you said we're what uh, 16 games in, like, is he going to play another 30 games this year between health and rest and all that like I don't know how many games we're going to get out of him at as a baseline and if the games that you get out of him are he's shooting you know 50% true shooting and not creating anything for anybody else and also bad on defense it's like that's a it's just a total disaster if that's what what he is um, and that freaks me out yeah and I love Kemba right it's, it's <laughs> like he went it's... to UConn I love him I've said <laughs> it before but it's um it's something that obviously could haunt this franchise uh for years now depending on, on where it goes from here um and you look at other just indicators for him right now in terms of like the the on off stuff the all bad. it's all bad getting the free throw line less than ever um assist rate career low right uh you know true shooting lowest it's been since he was in a bobcat right like right um it's it's bad it's so I hope he turns it around. 
Right. It's dire. Yes. I, I hope that it does turn out to be health and that with more rest and recovery and smart comes back and, and opens some things. I don't know. But uh, at the moment, I, you just watch him and you're like, boy, that's an 18 foot open jumper. And I have no faith that he should be taking it because it's just not a good shot right now. Um, and when does that turn around? I'm not really sure. And I don't know if, I mean, Brad Stevens clearly wants to, you know, has, as he should, we'll have Kemba's back um, publicly where we can, knowing that this is a process for him. And, you know, he's probably down on himself a little bit too much as it is. So the last thing you want to do is throw a guy that's trying to regain his rhythm, like under the bus or anything like that. Um, at the same time, just the amount of the team is still really trying to go to him in, 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 in clutch situations too, with, you know, the, especially at the top of the key, I think he had a couple looks and losses in the last week in the last minute of games where it's a design play for him. And on the one hand, I can see that being like, okay, you know, we, we have you, we have your back here and we, we want you to be this guy again at the same time. Like, I don't know if that's just a good idea at this point. It, those are just not high percentage shots for him right now. And I know there are limited options on the court, but that is something that's, you know, while trying to boost him up, that's, I think, has hurt this team in the win-loss column and now created a point now where you go into the second half of the season, right? And we said and the, the margin for error is just razor thin until there are trades to be made and who knows where that, if and when those are going to come. Yeah, it was nice to see that at the end of the Dallas game, they went to Jalen because in terms of like who's on the team right now, the most efficient volume scorer has been Jalen. Right. Now he's been pretty bad in fourth quarters, which is part of the larger story of sort of what's happened with the team and how their fourth quarter performance has been absolutely miserable. Jason has been better in fourth quarters than, than Jalen has by a, a, you know, a decent margin, but you know, who's been even worse in fourth quarters. Kemba. Kemba. Yeah. Kemba <laughs> hasn't made anything. Um, and so it's promising that they went to Jalen there. I think he's deserving of that uh, respect, whatever you want to call it over Kemba right now. Um, and you just have to make those changes. Like, you force them, they happen organically, whatever they are, but you, you sort of have to force them. If you wait for them to happen organically, then it may just be too late. Um, and so it was, again, it was good to see that in that, that last play before Doncic's crazy shot, it was a design play to get Jalen, you know, basically the ball in a place where he was going to be the one to take the shot. Um, because you, you just can't give the ball to, to Kembo. He's shooting whatever he's shooting from, from three and not really being able to get by anybody. And like we said, not really drawing any fouls. And it's just, uh, it's not so part of the issue here, and I don't want to make this entirely about griping about, about Kemba because he's trying, right? Like I'm not saying that he's not putting any effort or anything like that, but um, if your two star players are two way wings, like a all offense on ball point guard is not what you would want to be as the third player along with them. Um, and so there's just like also a fit issue there that's, that's happening. And uh anyway we should probably move on to some other topic as opposed to just yeah, talking about this because there's no shortage of other things that we can gripe about yes so that's i mean this Kemba situation i think is is going to be ongoing and i guess to, to, to pivot off of it what what has changed about your you know this season outlook in terms of what you want the team to do right now based on this uncertainty around Kemba in terms of what should be the team's priorities in the next month. We know there's not going to be any major move before the all-star break. They're going to try to get to the finish line with COVID rules. You're not even going to get anyone in for help. Um, you know, by the time you 
they're they're clear to play until you, that break. Um, but we've talked at length, obviously, we've thrown the names around for a while here. But now, do you start to look at other scenarios, or do you still say, hey, Tatum and Brown are there, and even if Kemba is a shell of himself, like you still want to f- find pieces now for the for the long term around those guys with this exception. Yeah, I mean Kemba is a separate a separate issue here. I think from if you're talking about like trade exception and what you want what I want them to do as a front office and in terms of team building, and that really hasn't changed at all. Uh, and it's not because I want them to solve the team this year. It never really has been about wanting to solve the team this year. Although I think if you have two all stars, like you don't want to just burn seasons particularly you know Jalen's on his second contract now like it's not that long before he becomes an unrestricted free agent or before you have to offer Jason an extension or Jalen an extension right like these are things that are coming um and you can think about it as being three years away but it's like three playoffs away and three is not a lot right like if you burn one of those then you have burned one third again as we come back to being a third empty or full here but uh, so you can't just throw the seasons away but the bigger thing is that they need to get more as many pieces as they can on the timeline of Jalen and Jason, or at least closer to it. And you can talk about how you can, you know, I know there was talk today on the radio and things like that about waiting until the off season to try to use the trade exception because it'll open up more options and all that. And like, I just don't understand how that's possible. I mean, I mean, it's, it's possible in that you could just get fortunate that that's how things play out. But like the primary thing here is that they need to get a player who fits with Jalen and Jason and has more than this year on his contract. And that means that they need to be willing to kick like actual real assets in in order to get it because they it's they can't use it to do a sign and trade in the offseason like the pool of players who you can who you can like legally get with it shrinks and yes there's a problem of there might not be any sellers and like i don't really know what you do then but if the problem that you run into is that there's no sellers and you can't improve the team then it's just further problematic of like hey we could have predicted ahead of time that the that the season was going to be super weird and that there were gonna be a lot of 500 teams and that the the trade market might lock up and you went down this route anyway, then like, what does that say about the ability to like read the market? Um, and so that would still be really problematic, but in terms of what I want them to do right now, yeah, I want them to go and get someone who can play with Jalen and Jason for more than just this year, because how are they going to get that player? Otherwise um, there's not a lot of options left in terms of like major team building other than taking the, you know, whatever they're going to get this year, the 18th pick and like nailing it and drafting, but you can't rely on that happening. Hey, that pick could be down to 12 or 13th. Well, it might be number that, that one. If you might be lucky. right. It's it's it's, know, it's free falling here, but uh, this is a good time to bring in um, someone maybe on the other side of the uh, the aisle right now. Rich Levine uh, joining the show. Um, I don't agree. I don't agree with that introduction, by the way. <laughs> no, but Rich, we've uh, we've talked a lot about Kemba already. We don't want to spend too much time on that, but um, bring your perspective in here. Like, what what do you what are you seeing right now? What what is change of your outlook and, you know, just off, off of what Ryan hit on there in terms of what you want the team to do in the moment here as we, as we inch towards the all-star break. It's funny that to come in when I did, because I had a list of few things to talk about. A few of them are questions for Ryan while we, while we're both on the call. I know we're only going to overlap for a few minutes here, but number one was I heard Danny Ainge said that they might wait to use the TPE. And I, I wanted to ask you how, like who is in that shrunken pool of players? Like, let's just say somehow, despite everyone assuming that they were going to make a somewhat significant deal this year, they do wait. Who is on the other side? Who could they be waiting for realistically? That's what I don't understand. That's what I can't figure out is. So you take all of the players who are available now and then you remove everybody who's expiring, right? Because they can't, again, they can't do a sign and trade. And so I don't want them to trade for an expiring player. 
but like it's better than not using it at all, right? It's better than it disappearing to at least somebody's bird rights or somebody's restricted free agency right. status or something like that. Like that's better than nothing. Um, and so that pool just shrinks. And like, who is the team that's like, we're not going to do this trade now, but we will do it next offseason. Like we have faith now and we're going to fall apart and then we're going to like panic and blow it up and trade it for nothing, you know, trade a player for not really a whole lot down the line. And maybe that happens, right? Maybe, you know, Harrison Barnes, they decide Sacramento decides they want to play out this season and make a playoff run. And then in the off season, he becomes available to trade or anything. Part of the problem there is that that player is just less valuable to you at that point, right? Because you threw away this season, they didn't play in this playoffs. And there's only so many years left on any of these contracts because basically everybody has, you know, three or four year contracts at, at the longest, like nobody's trading anybody in the first year of a five-year deal. So you're getting maybe three runs if you get them now, and then you wait until the off season and then you're getting two. So that's less <laughs> like the, right. they just aren't as important to the team. And so that's why part of it is like, and also you are going to have to put an enormous strain on the players that you have right now. If you're going to push for the playoffs through this insane schedule and just having another guy who can like reliably play and use minutes is one good for the team now, but it's also like risk mitigation. You don't want Jalen, his knee to give out because he's trying to play five games every eight days. Like there's right. a little bit of that sort of like ridiculousness. They're out of gas but already. The question of who's that going to be? I don't know who that's going to be. What was that? They're out of gas already. Like Tatum and Brown yeah. on these back to back, like that, that's what you saw last night. It's like, okay, what happens when these guys don't have it? You lose the games over in the first half because no one else can score. And I mean, yeah, Gallinari is not going to go, 10 of 13 from three every <laughs> night. But even that, they, they, that's, they, that's still a game they, you know, have no shot in. And Tatum's coming off of COVID. Jalen's got the, the knee situation. Both of those guys have arguably played over their heads in the first 30 games, or, or at least the first 20 games here. Not, not recently, obviously. Um, and so they're wearing down. And the schedule, it's not like it, it gets easy. If anything, you have more games to make up in the, the back end of the schedule because of the, that week they took off now. So they don't just need one guys. They need two or three guys to, to mitigate, you know, even when everyone gets healthy here, just to, to give them decent amount of depth. So you, you don't run those guys into the ground. But online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA college basketball and the NHL are in full swing, but online even covers awards, TV shows and reality TV, uh, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code. It is CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, once again, your online sportsbook experts. And I'll say, I, sa I said this, I think it was an earlier game against the Pacers. Uh, it might even been a game that the Celtics won where you looked at the rosters and you said, okay, pretty clearly you're going to want the Jays one and two. But then it's a lot of Pacers players before you get to the next Celtics player getting drafted. And you're seeing it more and more, like, with, like in the Pelicans game. Jay and Jay. And then even with Kemba out there, I think you're taking maybe three, four Pelicans before you're going with the next Celtics player. And I think that's just basic, you know, right now with Marcus Hurt, with the situation as it is, they are just outmanned despite having two of the best players in the league two all-stars their roster does not stack up against a lot of the other teams in the league right now it, it's the worst bench in the league i think like maybe minnesota but yeah, i think there's yeah. a reality right today 
for for what has happened over the last couple of weeks is that they don't they also don't have two of the best players in the league right now like realistically no uh jason has his shot has completely abandoned him since he came back from COVID. he's not taking a ton of threes he's not making them um and and jalen's efficiency has sort of fallen back to earth pretty precipitously here since he started having the knee problem so like really top to bottom at least recently the roster has not been good enough in general i completely agree with the point that like you have these two young players and then not enough supporting around them but like the reason they're losing games right now and getting blown out is b rob like you said you know they show up into a game and if jalen and jason are also exhausted or injured or whatever it might be and then they play poorly which has happened relatively frequently lately that like the whole thing is a disaster like oh we're down by 30 like you're just down by 30 in the third quarter and it's like all right well this is an embarrassing game against a team that's not particularly good um and that's sort of what's happening right now. I worry less about that. Like, I, I don't believe that Jason Tatum is suddenly a 32% three-point shooter. I think it has a lot more to do with the fact that he had COVID and is having some bad luck with shooting. But, like, part of what is happening in the immediate is that as well. Did you guys mention, and I don't want to get too deep back into Kemba, but was there any conversation of him and uh, Pritchard switching roles? No, not yet. I, I just assume that's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, you assume it doesn't happen, but I think that would the team be better? You can make the case for some nights for sure. Like who's, I mean, not, not on a day in day out, but like there are certain situations where I think Pritchard on select nights has been the better player this year than, than Kemba. And, and not just on the nights where he's been, you know, four of 20 or whatever. Um, it's it not going to change. Fit, maybe a better fit alongside the new Jays. I mean, again, assuming that they do eventually recover and sh- show more than just glimpses of what we saw, like the first couple of weeks of the season, if they can go back to, to that consistently, I don't know. I want, and if Kemba might be better coming off the bench and being a guy that you can just shoot it a little bit more without a conscious, uh, you know, with the bench, with the second unit. Uh, maybe, <laughs> I mean, Pritchard has come back down to earth a little bit as well. Um, he's not like shooting the lights out himself at this point. And B Rob and I were talking a little bit about the need for just like somebody who can actually set up teammates. Uh, and he can do that a little bit, but even though Kemba isn't great at that, I don't know if Pritchard is particularly any better at that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can Kemba coming off the bench is something that I think is a little bit more alluring than it would actually be in reality because he, he's going to come off the bench and it's not going to be like a five man line that switch. He's still going to be playing with one of Jalen or Jason. And right. um, we've seen those lineups where it's one of them with, with Kemba have also been pretty garbage, but like a lot of it just comes down to starting or coming off the bench he needs to just like the ball needs to go in and if it doesn't, then he's going to be bad. And if it does, then he'll be better. (laughs) Um, And so I don't know if, you know, if you put him on the bench and that turns him back into a 40% three point shooter who can get to the free throw line, then wonderful. Uh, If you put him to the bench and he's playing the exact same level he is now, like you're just going to get wiped out in those bench minutes instead. This is great analysis that I'm bringing here. Play better. will make better results. (laughs) Well, the, the Kemba Tristan Thompson pick and roll chemistry has been really good all year. So that's like um, something to, they could potentially move now. Um, is there an aesthetically grosser uh, player in recent Celtics memory than Tristan Thompson? Even when he Jeff does Teague. things right, it's so unfortunate to watch. <laughs> Jeff Teague. <laughs> hey, yeah. last night. The, I, there was a play at the end of last game where I was just laughing about it. That It was like Teague and Thompson ran a pick and roll. It went nowhere. Thompson got the, the offensive rebound, had Jalen and Jason wide open at the three-point line tried to pump fake and get a hook shot, couldn't, dribbled out, passed it back to Teague, and then they turned it over. <laughs> and it was just like, how on earth did that ha- – like, I, Thompson never passes the ball out when he gets these offensive rebounds. It's crazy. It, it's insane. It's so much. It's really ugly to watch, I agree. But if you're looking for a player who is even less fun to watch, it might be Jeff Teague. Um, I 
hope that that was the last time we saw him in in big minutes um, last night. But uh, there's no more back to backs for the All Star break, and um, but we'll see how long that uh, he sticks around here as we head to the second half of the season. Um, I do. He was, also, he was also their best offensive player last night. I know, which is <laughs> like yeah, kind of says it all. Block. I, I, I watched it happen in real time. I thought it was Javante. So did I. I assumed it was Javante. And then I was like, he's not on the floor. Who was that? So, so do you guys think, though, like when we get into next month, what like how much action are we actually going to see? Because, you know, we're, we're talking obviously about, you know, one big guy, um, you know, you, you clearly want the, the long term fit um, next to the Jays, like like Ryan's referenced. But as far as just the rest of the roster, though, like if 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 this season is a priority at all in terms of just being competitive and, you know, ensuring that you're you're not in a playing situation for the playoffs, then you probably need to clear out three or four bodies at the end of this roster. Am, am I is that is that too much of a, a sweep that I'm talking about here or is or realistically, is that something that could be in play? Oh, hear them out where? No, just like, way, I, let me just say, I would much rather miss the playoffs altogether than be in a play in situation. I mean, I'm sure they would too, in terms of uh, a draft pick for the that future. would be unbelievably depressing to watch the Celtics in a play in against the, uh, the Bulls. The only thing is, we might go through the play in and then beat the 76ers in the first round. So. That is true. If you get the right matchups there and, and they're healthy, then that would we be uh, a I'm nightmare sold. matchup. If we went play in Nets, oh my god, that would be depressing because we would lose that. If we went play in Bucks, we would lose that. If we went play in 76ers, we might win that. And that would be at least fun. But uh, yeah, this is all miserable to talk about. Time with the Knicks. It's good times. Okay, so real quick. uh, Who are the big names? I don't know if you guys touched on this yet. That can still be swung for this year. Vucevic. I know you did not have Porzingis on your list, Ryan, right? Well, he doesn't, he doesn't fit in the TPE for one thing, but also he's always hurt and all the other problems. Um, Would you do Kemba for Porzingis? Yes. I think so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I how mean, do you not? Right. But they're, I mean, it's funny because Kemba, like the Mavs are one of the few teams that you can look at and be like, maybe in the offseason, if they strike out on, they had all, held all this cap space open to try to get Giannis or some other big fish. And assuming Kawhi just goes back to the Clippers, um, you would wonder if, like, would they be willing to take a chance on, on Kemba? They've had such great luck with tiny scoring point guards down the years. Now they didn't make $30 million, but like, you know, maybe that he would go there and they would just sort of take him <laughs> if you're trying to dump him. Um, but yeah, would you, would I trade him for Porzingis? I, yeah. I mean, you'd have to just in part again, because of age, like Porzingis is a better fit age wise with the Jalen and Jason. Could you trade him for Al Horford? Nope. No, I would not. Can't do that. <laughs> um, I mean, it causes problems if you're talking about in the TP. If you're talking about for Kemba, uh, probably, again, because you get to remove Kemba's contract and Horford's is at least only partially guaranteed in the last year. Uh, in terms of taking him into the TP, I don't think that that's workable uh, in terms of next year's contracts. It's sad that OKC is if it's probably the most realistic destination for Kemba. And like, not, not now, but like if, if he can't get out of this. It's just going to be a matter of like how many, what did the Celtics have to attach to him? See, I don't think they can. I don't think there's a destination where they can move him to because they don't have the like asset trove anymore unless one of Romeo or 
Neesmith or somebody like that, like has a really big breakout in the second half of the year and a, and a decent playoffs that they can't burn assets on dumping guys because then they don't have any assets to use to add guys. Like if you give you know, a draft pick and whatever to get rid of Kemba, like that's the draft pick and whatever that you need to get a real player. Yeah. I'll give, so. give Neesmith some love. He's, he's been he's been fun to watch the last couple of games. I don't know why he was sitting to begin with. Right. I mean that that's kind of the crazy. If there's anything, I mean we haven't talked much on Brad, and I don't. I mean he's this has been probably his worst season, um, coaching wise or close to it. Um, but I don't. I put more of the faults in terms of, in terms of the roster construction. He has had very little to work with, but um, him, you know, languishing, you know, keeping Neesmith away from consistent minutes until the last two weeks um, while throwing wing, you know, Grant Williams to guard opposing wings. Like that is just not, I I don't get why that, why that took so long. Unless it was the time that, that he waited and got him to, to adjust the NBA that made it possible for him to now be a somewhat consistent member of the rotation. I guess that's what we never know. There's no practice and there's no G league. Like what is just watching Watching Suddenly film to a maybe. better player. I don't know. And, and and they do practice to a certain extent. I don't know if they have official practices, but like, I've heard that, that when they land and when they, when they land in every city, I've heard that they go right to the, uh, to a gym and do like a little impromptu practice that they've, that's been one of their routines. Uh, and I don't know if it's been lately, maybe when, if Jason hasn't been feeling well, but they have been running those a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. That does not feel like the sort of thing that turns you from a complete zero into a player who is the first off the bench, but I, we can't run it. We can't run the history back. So maybe it is. I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a whole thing obviously around the double bigs and around they need to somehow, for some reason they have to play double bigs in order to make minutes for Robert Williams. When it's like, there's an obvious solution to that, which is that you just don't play Tristan Thompson. And like, I get that he would be unhappy and that they just signed him, but every team in the league at some point has veterans who are unhappy about their role. And it's like, why does it have to be that the veterans have to be happy about their roles and not, Grant Williams or Aaron Neesmith or Robert Williams when like those guys more likely have a future with the team. Like, I don't really care if Tristan Thompson isn't happy um, with the fact that he's getting paid that amount of money to not play very well. He's been, played better lately, no doubt, but um, like the way that you should decide who's playing in those minutes is based on who makes the team play the best. And they haven't really done that very often this year. Uh, now Jeff T getting DMP, I think is, <laughs> Sorry, my cat is freaking out in the background. Um, I think Jeff T getting DMP'd is like a step in the right direction on that front, but they're still running like kind of double big garbage. And Robert Williams, you know, plays 14 minutes a night or 21 minutes a night, including all of overtime. Like it's whatever. Um, and they should, and Grant Williams gets DMP'd all the time. Like he hasn't played well, but it's, I imagine it's difficult to play well when you get your role changed and your minutes changed like every game and you just randomly get thrown into weird, such, you know, weird circumstances. I don't think this has been Brad's worst season because two years ago happened and that was like the worst coaching scene, but um, (laughs) you know, like it hasn't been like banner stuff. Hopefully it turns around. (laughs) Um, You know, Eric Spolstra was looking like he was having a pretty terrible season and Nick nurse looked like he was having a pretty terrible season at one point in the year. And now their teams seem like they're on the right track again. So it certainly can turn around, Um, but it would, be nice for it to turn around pretty soon <laughs> our og dreams have disappeared gone now the self I'm, i've been saying now the raptors should be calling about jalen brown like, turn, <laughs> flip that around i mean that's how it works it's it's really tough to tell who is going to turn into a seller period just looking everywhere across the both conferences given how tight i mean 
Minnesota is the, the only obvious spot and there's just nothing of real interest there that they're going to move. You'd think. And so it is uh, a waiting game and that does not bode well for what the Celtics need right now. I guess they'll have, you know, yeah, yeah. Smart and Lankford should, I assume be ready right out of the break. If it's not, then that's a pretty big red flag, I think in terms of what you can hope for them. But even that, like even Lankford, like, what can you, for a guy who hasn't played basketball in like, what now, six months? Like, he made sure, that one pass. Yeah. He had a great pass against the Heat in the first quarter of game three or four, or whatever. But it's, there's going to be a lot asked of him or hopes of him right away. And, um, and I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough spot to put him in given what he's gone through from a physical standpoint. What do you guys get for Collins? John, not Jason. <laughs> Jaron? Um, yeah, the Jason Jaron uh, package. But what do you get for John Collins? Not as much as it would take to get him. Really? I think the answer to that. Uh, the problem is they can't pay him. Right. Unless so, you move Kemba, unless you salary dump Kemba, which is going to cost you probably, more. Yeah, I mean, they're going to probably try to do that anyway. But um I, if he moves, I just don't think it will be to the Celtics. Now, if he moves I, and it's not to the Celtics, I think there will be like an uproar unless the Celtics have done something. If the Celtics don't do anything and John Collins moves and lands somewhere else, like people are going to lose their minds. People are going to lose their minds no matter what, let's be yeah, honest. Me at least. <laughs> the royal we. Well, I'm, I'm making it a specialty to lose my mind on the internet on a semi-monthly basis at this point. That's what the internet is for. And it's sports, and I'm allowed to get mad if things are going badly. <laughs> That's All right. Let's uh, let's end on this though. What's what's uh, what's the one bright spot for everyone so far um, through these first 32 games and beyond? Just the the All Star honors for the uh, for the Jays. There. What is what's something that conceivably once the Celtics get back to full strength here in another couple weeks and um, have their full complement players who who or what is conceivably going to go well um, down the stretch here or what you're looking forward to when they get back to a normal role? Uh, not, not, not all at once. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait, 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 I, I wish that was. I got to drop off. So I, oh, I guess I'll go first. <laughs> yeah, go, 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 go. Um, I, it's that a lot of this was predictable, I guess, is the bright spot. Uh, the fact that they're around 500, that there's a million teams around 500, that they've struggled with injuries, that somebody got COVID, that their schedule has been weird, uh, is all relatively predictable, even if I freak out about it. So I think that the bright spot is that if that was predictable, then the other thing that we thought would happen, which is when the team does get healthy and if they can make a move for a trade, they should actually end up being quite good by the end. And so if we predicted the first half and we had a prediction for the second half and the first half prediction was right, then maybe the second half prediction will be right as well. And things will actually turn around once they get healthy and if they can make a move. So I think that's the bright spot. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I know. I think coming into it, if you listen to our, our podcast from beginning of the season, we were having conversation about whether the Celtics would even have home court. So we expected them to maybe not be in the top tier of the Eastern conference. And what did we say needed to happen if they were going to do that? They needed to stay healthy, whether it was Marcus and they need Kemba to come back in a healthy old school Kemba way. You needed them to go out and add a player because you lost Gordon Hayward, right? You didn't replace him. So those are things that needed to happen. None of that has happened yet. So it's no surprise uh, that they are where they are. But again, like you said, Ryan, like there's still time for that to happen. There's time, I guess, for Kemba to, to, to start hitting his shots if it's that easy. Uh, there's time to make a move. You know, Marcus Smart hopefully will be back at some point and will stick around through the playoffs. But yeah, 
Yeah, I guess I, I, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, for me, it's just simply everyone in the East stinks outside of the, the Sixers and the, the Nets, it seems like. Or even the, I mean, the Bucks, I guess you can, you can lump in the that top three. The Bucks are good, but they still, they're, they've got their own issues. They've lost, uh, lost uh, like I think, five in a row lately or recently, and their defense has had a huge drop off from last year, too, despite uh, some, the addition of Fury Holiday. So, yeah, like you, you've had a, a nightmare start here and you're still one game out of the four seed. So for for as bad as it looks, it's still very much fixable with some good health and some some savvy maneuvering on the edges or or bigger piece if uh, that becomes available here. So the the eight and three start created um, a little bit of margin for error. That margin for error is gone, but luckily the rest of the Eastern Conference has provided the necessary margin of error around you right now. The problem is you can't. They just need to start playing well, or else they're going to keep free falling. That's yeah, so, and then again, then at what point does this season not be, become not a priority? Right, and you have a you have a couple more weeks to evaluate that. And as Brad Stevens said uh, last night after the loss, the the next four games are going to be pretty important for the season, heading into the All Star break. Since if you you show some fight there, maybe you you convince the front office to to invest what they need to help you. More in the present. Um, if not, then they, they probably look strictly big picture um, for the rest of the season, and that um, turns this team into probably a, a first round out. Well, that was positive. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Well, that silver lining. <laughs> let's put that there. Um, all right, give a. You can follow us on Twitter at Winning Plays Pod. Uh, Give us all your feedback there. Rate, review. Um, hit up Brian at DangerCart. Hit up Rich at Rich underscore Levine. I'm at Brian T. Rob. And yeah, the the fight back starts on Friday night. And we will um, we'll be back next week to see uh, if these guys get off the mat. <laughs>